Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. State-of-the-art Japanese animation. And welcome back to the Otaku Host Club podcast. I am Amelia, and I am always joined here with Jeff and Dan. Good day, good day. Good morning. It is morning from for Dan. From another world. From another world. <laughs> In my smartphone <laughs> as a vending machine. Yeah. I'm, I'm in another world called Minneapolis. <laughs> and I'm yeah. from another world where... People have back pain and put ice on their backs. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually think, and I'm from a world that has that uh, has no money because I went to Otakon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, your other world was was an anime, the anime convention. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually think Baltimore is more of an otherworldly place than Minneapolis. Minneapolis, pretty standard fair place to be. I don't know. DC was real crazy at midnight. Well, yeah. Last night. I, I, think, I think anime convention is the most otherworldly of these three options. Mm-hmm. No, One, this was on the drive that. home. Oh, word. Okay. <laughs> there is just a, a very happy person, um, probably mentally ill, just dancing all up in the streets, dancing all in the mm-hmm. intersection mm-hmm. of this the busiest intersection I've ever seen. Just, you know, music in their own head, having a grand time, almost getting hit by cars. Mm. <laughs> uh, they weren't, did so you say they were naked? Um, no, they did have clothes on, oh. but they were um, very happy. The happiest, okay. happiest they could be. We've, we've just seen a lot of naked people in Baltimore oh my. walking up and down the street, so I just assumed that they were naked. <laughs> Literally? Sure. The amount of times that me and Jeff have been in a car and seen a naked person is, like, <laughs> insane. It's more than the average person needs. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Baltimore is out of control. I had I had little little snippets of that Baltimore feeling here in Minneapolis in the last little bit. I forget if I talked about the uh, the car getting wrecked outside my apartment. Did I talk about that on this podcast or did, did I tell you two about this? No. Well, I was I was up at like 1.30 in the morning texting Amanda too, and I heard all this clackety clack outside and I poked my head out my kitchen window and I saw some guy going ham on a car outside of my apartment building. He was like kicking, kicking the bumper and kicking in the, the uh, lights and shit. And I was like, okay, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know whose car this is. So I suppose I don't really care. Uh, then he he left after a couple minutes, and I'm I'm texting Amanda too, like like a live live commentary <laughs> of, of all this as it's going on. It, this guy comes back a couple minutes later with a baseball bat, and he smashes Ooh. out all the windows and and smashes out the uh, the uh, side view the side mirror. Mm-hmm. And as he's smashing all the windows, my neighbor comes out and starts talking to him. 
And they're not like really aggro or aggressive or anything. I can't hear what they're saying, but they're they're clearly communicating with each other. And then the guy leaves and my neighbor goes back inside and his wife is yelling at him, call the cops, call the cops, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Blah. Uh, and then this guy, a couple of minutes later, this guy comes back again with his own car and he fucking t-bones this car with his own car <laughs> he just dry, rams right into it and then he do to him? and then he pulls out and drives away in his what car and i was like what the hell is going on and and at that point i popped my head out my front door and, and i was talking to my neighbors so it was like yo what what is man are you guys okay what is going on like and they were like, yeah, that, that car belongs to our friend, one of the yeah. wife's friends that's that's here visiting. Oh, my but God. But they don't know who that guy is or why <gasps> he's doing that to the car. What? The and, I, and on the one hand, I'm apt to believe him. But on the other hand, I'm like. Nobody does that leaves? for no reason. I know. Who leaves and come back, comes back two times over a random attack? That's so weird. That is weird. Yeah. That sounds like a time that someone was throwing a goose bottle gray goose bottle through uh, car windows. Same thing, like woke up in the middle of the night, heard all this crash, crashing in. Yeah, somebody was just throwing bottles through win- through this car window. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, welcome to, uh, welcome to city life. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I was, yeah, <laughs> at, my my neighbors are, are from a, one of the worser parts of Chicago, and we've, we've talked before about, like, well, they, you know, we all know how it is. I'm, I, I used to live in, you know, bad part of Baltimore, and and they're from bad part of Chicago. So we, we have a little similar wavelength and understanding and that kind of informed our discussion of what was going on with this car and oh why the gosh. fuck this was happening. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean that car, that car was sitting out there for a week, just like annihilated, and then it disappeared. But I haven't bothered to ask my neighbors about it. I don't really care. But I, I did think it was like I was joking with them, like because they were very apologetic. They were like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, did that wake you up? I'm, I'm sorry you had to see that." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Man, I mean, we've talked about this. Like, I feel I feel more at home. Like, this is more what I'm used to." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have any crazy city uh, stories like that, go to our Discord and. I, tell yeah, us I got a lot. I got a lot. A lot. We'll have a we'll have a little subreddit or a you know yeah category Patreon Patreon exclusive episode <laughs> storytelling from Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of otherworldly instances, this is the Chat GBT episode. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Oticon. No, I will, but after I oh, okay. intro it. <laughs> um, so. We did an episode where ChatGBT picked our topics that we were discussing in the episode. And of the three bigger topics, we asked our audience to let us know which ones they wanted us to turn into a real episode. And so today we are going to be talking about, let me pull up the ChatGBT title, The Rise of Isekai, Exploring the Phenomenon and Its Impact on Anime. Mm. But Mm. before that... Um, me and Dan were on another podcast. We were. We were on Anime yeah. Summit. That um, was fun. I thought that went really, really well. I meant yeah, to call you and, yeah, and debrief, but I... This it week just went been, so well. You didn't need it, to. It did, 
Well, yeah, there's a, well, this, this week was, was, I gotta tell you guys after we record about my horrific, um, her nonstop stress of a week. Okay. But, so, um, you can go and check that, check that episode out now. It's on Anime Summit's, um, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. It is The Fists of Furry. And me and Dan um, debated which furry character was the best furry character with all of the people from Anime Summit, Sam, Danny, and Nick, and it was awesome. And, and the the winner was not who I was expecting. Yeah, the winner was not, but don't spoil it for people who haven't seen. So I'm sure you guys yeah. all know Anime Summit. Go to their site, check them out. Um, and I got to meet Danny from Anime Summit last night. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Um, so, and also Kai from Clear and Sweet. I don't know if um, you guys know Kai, but um, I did an episode with Nick, Kai, and Earthworm on the Anime Brothers podcast talking about Bochi the Rock. Um, we were all very nice, polite little guys and gals. Um, but, <laughs> so um, I went to see Kai's uh, panel that he was hosting. Um, mm. And Danny was there with her crew. And it was awesome. Yeah, how was Kai's panel? What was it about? Um, it was how to talk about anime. Huh. It was really yeah. um, analytical and insightful on like how to oh. like pick a topic about something of a show, and he um, talked a lot about Chainsaw Man and used that as like a reference point. Um, and it was really, really good. Hmm. Um, but awesome. Yeah. I'm sad I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't attend. I in my mind I was like. Oh, it's there's a convention this weekend. <laughs> it slipped my mind, and then I was like, "Well, I haven't prepared for it mentally." Yeah, uh, so I'm just not gonna go. I did. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I did not prepare for it mentally, but I was mentally preparing to leave work that day. Yeah, you're like, I, I was pulling all, first. I was pulling all my little cute strings, <laughs> trying to get my, my ass out of there. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I um, literally forgot to take a picture with Danny. Danny messaged me the morning after Whoa. and I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't we take a picture? Damn. She's so nice. She's so lovely. Oh, man. But yeah, it was really fun to meet everybody. And if um, and well, this will come out way after Otakon. But if you haven't already, share all of your Otakon stuff in our Discord. What you got, what you bought, all any fun times, share it. I'll I'll be posting mine later on today. Oh, good! I'm looking forward to it. I feel uh, I feel bad that, that we've we've collectively missed it. Yo, I mean, you made you're gonna it. be you so jealous of this one thing that I got. You're gonna be so jealous. Oh man. Probably. And I could I couldn't get you anything because I asked my daddy for money <laughs> to shop. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the one convention that we tend to do at least every year. Pretty yeah. much every year since our friend group. I think we talked about it on Anime yeah. Summit too since like 2016, mm-hmm. 2017. At least mm-hmm. our core yeah. group. I've gone since 2014. Jeff, you've gone on and off since you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> Since you were a wee babe. <laughs> Once I was a little child, I was reincarnated into a convention called Otakon. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what anime was, but I learned quickly the language of otaku. Yeah. <laughs> anime tensei. 
Protocon yeah. reincarnation. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and if you guys are listening to this, you can um, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Otaku Host Club. And the watch list episode of the summer season should be out, should have been out by now. So if you want to listen to what we're going to be watching for this summer season, head on over to Patreon. So wait, what what were the big premieres or big exclusives at Otakon? Was there anything like really uh, crowd pleasing going on? Um, there was a bunch of concerts that were really big from people that I don't know. Hmm. A big Visual K guy. We were at the we were in the um, the dealers hall and we stopped by a table and they handed Stephen a business card for this Visual K guy who plays the elect. I believe it's electric. I can't remember, but he plays a like really fucking cool looking shamisen. Um, mm-hmm. um, and we saw him later on that night walking around. He is very flamboyant looking, very um, cool. Who's the who's the feather? Who's the pink feather guy in One Piece? Uh, yeah, um, Doflamingo. Yeah, that's what yeah. he reminds me of because he's also really, really tall and also wears like platform shoes. He looks really cool. Uh, cool. Um, and then uh, I don't know about any premieres. Um, my lanyard was Zom One Hundred, Bucket List of the Dead. Oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wait, they went back to to anime lanyards. Um. Yeah, they did. They had um, Zom One Hundred, Bleach, and I think I saw one oh, more, but I can't shit. remember what it was. Damn! Interesting. They haven't done that in years. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, you think they're trying to soak up more money from advertisers? <laughs> Probably. Probably. The dealer's room was, like, empty. No shit, really. Like, there were people there shopping, but uh, maybe it's maybe it's because they don't have as many dealers that the aisles are really wide. Mm, right. You spread it out over... Yeah, but it feels empty. Mm. Fascinating. But I don't know. And yeah. then... The um the movie that I wanted to check out was called The Exit. Take the Exit to the Summer of Something. What was it called? I put it in the Discord. Um Yeah. Exit through the anime gift shop. Yep, to summer. To summer. Yeah, that one. Um <laughs> The name of this movie is Take the Exit Through the Anime Gift Shop to Summer. <laughs> Don't look it up. But yes. Yes. For real? For real? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say that. What the fuck kind of long-ass visual novel title is that? <laughs> so this is what... I'm still waiting for that movie that Jeff brought the preview of to all of us where the preview was just one long scream of a child uh, yeah oh my god yeah it's okay. like a studio mappa movie i think the movie's yeah. called the tunnel to summer the exit of goodbyes oh isn't that the movie i'm talking about is it mm, no that's the one no? i'm talking that's oh, okay. the premiere that i was talking about. yeah 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 i know i know but mm-hmm. i what what is the name of that Studio Mappa movie where the preview is just one long scream? Because it, it just looks, it's so evocative. Like that trailer was so evocative. Yeah. Beyond yeah, the kind of corny, not 
not corny, but like surface level comicalness of like the preview. The only dialogue in this trailer is just one elongated scream of a child. It's, like, it's called Alice and Teresa's Illusion Factory. Yeah. The Illusion oh, Factory okay. of Alice and Teresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another title. It's supposed to come out, uh, I think, in end of year, maybe? Oh. Okay, probably okay. end of year Japan to next year us. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how was, how was the movie you saw, Amelia? Oh, I couldn't get to I I didn't see it. It's on Saturday, and we only had a Friday um. pass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday was like, or Friday was the only day that I was able to go because um, we podcast in today, Saturday, and tomorrow, oh, Sunday, is I have a lewd drip photo shoot um, with my sister and my friend Rob to hype up the new drop that I dropped today of recording. Mm. So, mm. couldn't do it except for Friday. So, you Friday. heard it here first. Yeah. New lewd drip stuff. Two weeks after, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was one premiere that I was interested in going to that was Friday. It was the uh, Macross Creators and Big West Industry Panel. They uh, announced Macross Plus OVA, movie edition. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, for all the Macross Plus fans out there. Yeah, that's a, a wee bit after the fact, isn't it? How so? I mean, is a Macross Plus old? Yes, <laughs> it's very old. But they, it's been, it's been like I have it on VHS. I think that was one of the only ways that you could, they have like licensed it. Yeah. Previously, and now, yeah, I guess like it's been years since we had it, a, a nice edition of it. You know. Yeah, I, I need to get back up on Macross. I need to make next year my year of Macross. Get through the franchise. Yeah. I've gotten bogged down with, like, I'm watching Fist of the North Star. I'm 30 episodes into Fist of the North Star. I'm almost done with season four of Natsume's Book of Friends. So why am I watching all this long shit? (laughs) (laughs) Sucker for punishment. It feels that way sometimes. (laughs) But I I prefer to think of it as my dedication, you know, my, my dedication... I, I guess when we when I, I often talk about dedication to the core for hardcore, mm-hmm. but I say dedication to the May for anime. Yeah. My dedication to the May. Damn son, you were just trying to keep your um keep your lead on episode count. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Animania. Yeah. Steven um, calls my. YouTube alter ego anime Zane. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> anime Zane. <laughs> um, any other news we want to talk about? Luffy is hitting Gear 5 on August 6th. Oh. It's enough of an event that there's a separate trailer for it. Uh, got a long way to catch up. And the live action trailer finally drops. So maybe he'll go gear five in that as well. Well they've they'll skip they'll skip entire <laughs> the entire story. Yeah. Uh gear yeah, they've they've been building towards gear five. Uh I think this is a big moment in the universe of One Piece. I think this is 
you know, one of the, I think this is the most iconic thing they've done in several years, but they've been building towards um, this moment since Skypea. It's been a long, long time coming for Luffy to hit this stage. So truly we're, we're toward, we're nearing the climax in the end of one piece. When he hits gear five, he um, awakens joy boy and, now we we're in the final stages without a doubt. Oof. It's coming, maybe. I guess it's the time for me to get back on that train. Yeah, I'm gonna get back on that train next month when I'm back in Baltimore, pet sitting for Jenny. I'm I'm just gonna watch One Piece. That's what I'm doing. I haven't really. Yeah, made when plans you're gonna be in Baltimore, August fifteenth through twenty second, probably. Oh, yeah. okay. We'll discuss this after we record. I haven't, okay. I haven't told anybody or or, uh, or made any meaningful plans. I'm, I'm a because I'm still waiting to see exactly how long I stay. I haven't bought a return ticket yet, uh, and b this week's been too much. I haven't been thinking about it. You've heard it here first, guys. This week's been too much. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. Now you know. Uh huh. I'm excited for this Lazarus anime, this uh, new Shinichiro Watanabe. That's series. right. That's right. He's not made anything, I think, since Spaced Indie. Like, and he hasn't directed anything original, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. It looks pretty good. It's by Mappa. So. What? You know. Can they stop? <laughs> Honestly, I'm over it. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. Do you guys remember when we were talking about Dora Hedoro so long ago? And I was like, "Wow, Mappa, I'm so looking forward to what you're doing next. You're doing too much. Please stop. <laughs> you're doing way too much." Well, I I think about I've been thinking about Mappa because I I finished as I mentioned on Anime Summit I finished Vinland Saga season two recently. I marathoned the last like nine episodes and sent Christella several pages of impassioned text messages at like one or two in the morning about how much I loved the second season of Vinland Saga. And as much as I do love it, I actually liked Studio Wit's adaptation work more than Studio Mappa's. And it feels weird to say that because I recognize that behind the scenes, it's basically the same staff you know, just, just flying under a different flag mm-hmm. makes you feel like it ought to be equivalent. But again, it's the same thing as like Studio Wit to Studio Mappa Attack on Titan. It just feels like a downgrade. And same Studio Wit to Studio Mappa Vinland Saga feels like a downgrade to me in terms of the art style and the animation. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look as lively as Studio Wit's work. And I think Studio Mappa just, to me, it looks like they are cutting corners in weird ways. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's not enough to detract from the impact of Vinland Saga. I still think this is the anime of the year. Uh, but I wish Studio Wit. I wish I don't know what that that key factor is that makes Studio Wit better than Studio Mappa. Uh, I don't know what behind the scenes makes it better, but they need it. You know, everybody needs that. Studio Mappa needs to focus on Chainsaw Man and let go of some of these other things and let Studio Wit 
keep doing their thing. Yeah. What, what makes studio wit stop doing something? That's, Money. I mean, they, if that's the only thing, take less projects <laughs> or commit fully to the project. Well, I mean, they, so they, they let go of attack on Titan because they contractually just, I mean, they, they were publicly saying we don't, well, yeah, Attack on Titan's huge, but we don't see any increase in revenues from this. Like, we get paid what we're contractually ob- obliged to get paid, which is not very much. So we just don't, we can't afford to keep sinking all of our resources into this. We need to work on um, original projects that have a greater likelihood of um, giving us more revenue. Um, and that's a depressing it's a depressing twist in in the industry right that you could be making the biggest show in the world but it doesn't necessarily get you very much you'd think it would yeah i remember the studios are at the bottom of the pyramid and the tv companies are on top yep whoever's distributing exactly and i'm i'm sure that that was the issue for studio wit letting go of vinland saga as well that it because it was my impression that vinland saga wasn't wasn't a flop but it was like pretty its success was more international than domestic my my impression was that venland saga had kind of a lukewarm uh, reception in japan but it's such a it is a passion project for the people behind behind the scenes so they were like well you know we're not giving up on venland saga we're just going to move over to studio mappa like all right everybody we're we're moving to studio mappa because they got more money more resources they're a bigger company they can uh, you know see this through a little bit easier than studio wit um and i i get it but it's, yeah i mean it's a bummer it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that right you you want to believe that the fruits of your labor are going to uh, that you'll seize something for the fruit of, of the fruits of your labor, you know? So I understand like what you're saying. I understand that things, they need things to bring in money, but do you really think that like bubble and Howl and after the rain brought them more money? No, I don't know. Then like, the then like everyone but, knowing that you're the one that made attack on titan and i know those things are different like the um i don't want to say clout but like you know like your reputation in the industry yeah but i i think i mean it, i i can see a plausible scenario where they make more money off bubble or the great pretender than they do Attack on Titan. Because mm-hmm. imagine, you know, like, uh, they get contracted to make Attack on Titan, and they're like, the uh, TV stations, and I'm, I'm just going to throw bullshit numbers out there to illustrate the point. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, all right, right well, we'll pay you $100 each episode, and you get 1% of the global sales, you know, uh, and then they're like, okay, fine. So they take this hundred bucks and they get 1% of the global sales, which gives them like an extra hundred bucks. So they get 200 bucks uh, versus Netflix being like, hey, we'll give you 300 bucks if we can get the great pretender. Then, you know, they've, they've successfully made more money off the great pretender than Tech on Titan, even though 
uh, Attack on Titan is is so so big, right? But yeah, it's just a matter of who's gonna give you more money at the end of the day. Mm. I mean, Netflix notoriously throws huge amounts of money at stuff. They may well approach Studio Wit, be like, "Hey, we want we want an exclusive anime show because that's." Clearly, the way the industry is is going, I mean, we see that with Adult Swim too. Adult Swim reorienting. I was talking about this a little bit on on the Discord, but I wasn't sure if people really understood my point. That uh, we've seen, we're, we're I think we're now seeing another reorientation of Adult Swim from being a trendsetter and and licensing and bringing shows <coughs> to America that become. Uh, you know these cultural touch touch uh, touchstones and flashpoints and pivot our popular culture in different ways. Uh, to they've gone from that to being trend followers, where now the shows that they play on Adult Swim are shows that are already already have steam and traction based on streaming, right? Like they've brought Made in Abyss or Attack on Titan. It's like these these things were already big before they got onto Adult Swim. Adult Swim just keeping up with the Joneses by having the most popular anime shows mm-hmm. um, on, on their programming. Uh, but now they are tilting more towards original works and exclusive works. You know, we have the new and not just the new, I mean, the new Furikuris is one thing, but I, I think this new show Lazarus um, and the, the pirate queen or pirate princess show that we were talking about on the discord I mean, that, that's relatively new territory for Adult Swim. I mean, they only in, in relatively recent years have they started making their own anime shows to be like, these are exclusive. And, you know, I mean, you do that because you uh, stand to gain more from these shows' relative successes if you're the one with all the rights, if you're the one pulling the strings on everything, mm-hmm. if you're the one in charge of it. Mm-hmm. So all Adult Swim needs is like one big trend-setting hit out of their original programming, then suddenly they can be back on top and be able to go toe-to-toe with something like Netflix or Amazon, in a relative sense, um, and go with their you know exclusive anime shows as well, pull people back to um, cable television. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Hot Topic will have their own. Uh, I mean, you think about Adult Swim; they'll have their own merch section mm-hmm. just for their stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they will. Well, especially with the John Wick connection, and they, they yeah. I, I have to imagine that that'll be thoroughly merchandised if it if it pulls good numbers. I watched the FLC FLCL um, grunge trailer. Uh, it did not it did not spark anything within me. <laughs> oh, uh, the Furikuri number four. Yeah. Why? Fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know there was a trailer out for it. Nobody asked for it. Nobody asked. Yeah, for that. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just it just looks like garbage. I, that is, and I don't. I like to shit on it before it's out. But I yeah, feel should... like all of us as a community, the anime <laughs> community, has said stop. Stop making fully coolie. Stop. Mm-hmm. I still think as a random, but I still think about Steven. I forget what the context was. Maybe we were both going to the bathroom at the same time, and he was going ahead of me. And then he, he like turned to me and went like, wait. 
And it was just like the funniest fucking, like, I was like doubled down laughing when he did this to me. Just like the way he said it, because he was, he was trying to be funny. It was like really exaggerated, but it, I think about it all the time. I still years and years later, like I'm always like in my daily life, you know, if I ever have to pause for something, I just think of Steven going, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we still got to do a podcast episode on the original furikuri and then a second one on all the other ones that suck yeah we'll wait till grunge is out and then we'll really hate watch some stuff hell yeah oh yeah <laughs> all right guys you want to get into uh the rise of isekai Yes, we're back. Okay. Let's talk about some isekai. Isekai. So before we actually talk about the main the main topic, I feel like most people that are listening to an anime podcast probably know what isekai is. But just in case you don't, let's give you the rundown on isekai. Yeah, what how what is the Japanese definition of isekai? I, I haven't looked it up, but from memory it just mm-hmm. means another world or other world something like that i don't mm. think it means mm. like transported to or blah, 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 or died and went to you know like you know <laughs> like whatever i think it just literally means other world right mm. Mm. yeah we joked about you know movies that we grew up watching like never ending story mm-hmm. Uh, the Western equivalency of an isekai, um, but it, they there were you know the genre hasn't really become popular, quote unquote popular, until the last twenty years. Mm, well, since I'd, IOT, I'd even say ten Titan. years. Yeah, I mean it was always it was always within the genre of anime since the seventies and eighties. Well, more like yeah, since the seventies. There's a show I can't remember what it was called, but it's an early iteration of isekai. But yeah, like it's just sort of no one really used the term isekai mm-hmm. to describe anime specifically yeah. until AOT. Mm. Yeah, the very first isekai we all know and is my least favorite media of all time. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Your Tons least favorite media of all time is least books? favorite. Least favorite. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you have Johnny, against books? The Johnny Depp movie. No. Oh, or the book. No, I'm just kidding. All of it. All of it. All of it. Oh, I you don't. Know. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I misunderstood. You hate Alice in Wonderland. It's yeah, not that you like, hate books. I, I hate I, the I, story of Alice in Wonderland. Okay. When you said my least favorite media of all time, I, I thought you meant books. No. It was like the media format. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you have against books, man? <laughs> I mean, hell? I do. I do not use the books. Do not use the books, but. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I agree. Alice in Wonderland is. I, mean, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, not interested at all. Also, am very known for not liking Wizard of Oz. Really, don't like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I I don't like that either. Another least favorite of mine. Bottom two. The stuff never it didn't capture me as a kid. No, I have zero interest as an adult. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, but that's like the very, very first like iterations of getting transported to another world, uh, at least in like Western media. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as anime, we have what's it called? Dubin? Dubine? What's it called, Jeff? Aura. Aura. Battler. <laughs> Dunbine. <laughs> it's a weird title. It is. It's probably why yeah. it's not more popular. Yeah, they... Uh, I can't remember who released it. Maybe it was... Um, um, what was that big... What was the company that folded in the, in the 2000s? Um wasn't ADV. Was Manga Core. Yes. ADV. 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 <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, backtrack. <laughs> okay, oh, we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so AD, yeah, so it was on ADV, and they, I guess it was the first time it was licensed here in the States. Mm. I watched maybe four or five, whatever was on that DVD that I got, I watched some of it. It's kind of, but like Tomino is known for like having disjointed storytelling and sort of feeling it's all about vibe and mood mm-hmm. within the story or within his shows. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like this, this kid, who gets transported into a medieval world with mechs. And before Escaflone, this was like the first, you know, it was first of its kind. There wasn't, there wasn't mm. anything like it, mm. you know, it was, but now it's sort of derivative, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like the two thousands that we start to get, what we call like meta isekai shows, right? Um, uh, so, you know, web novels were popular in the like uh, 2010s era of anime. Um, and usually uh, they were posted on the site called Shosei Suka Ninaro, mm. Let's Become Novelists. So these were like, this is a place for people to post their own novels, yeah. web novels, right. right? And and then then fan fiction came along as as it did in this time. Um, and you get things like ReZero, Kosuba, yeah. you get Crystal's horny fan Kier- fiction, yeah, <laughs> uh huh. And they're like meta shows essentially. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is we you know we 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 were uh, we all watched Mushoku Tensei, mm-hmm. and Mushoku Tensei was written in this time period, but mm-hmm. it hasn't had an adaption until just recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a mm-hmm. lot of what Mishoko Tensei did on the web and these novels is what these newer shows are kind of copy. Yep. It's like, it's kind of weird. It's like anachronistic, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like when, um, Jojo, um, Jojo's came out, right? In the two thousands. It's like, well, no, this has been around since the eighties. Yeah. It yeah. feels fresh, but no, it's been out. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the ideas and the story and the manga has been out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you could say that like the online novel was a pioneer codifier of isekai genre. Um, and it, it also it's called, um, Naro for short, this, this, uh, web site. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what else do we want to talk about as far as like um, before that, post two thousand four? Okay, so era. Um, so let's talk about a couple of isekai tropes. Like some of the biggest ones, obviously, are the person dying 
and being reincarnated into a new mm-hmm. world. There's the um, getting sucked into another world or getting stuck into another world. Um, there's also uh, the game aspect of getting stuck into another world, like with SAO, mm-hmm. how you got stuck inside of a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a bunch of different tropes that go along with that. Uh, you know, the self-insert main character, the main mm-hmm. character who is very relatable because he is a dirty, disgusting weeb just like you guys. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, that overcome great odds, you know. And I feel like Isekai is... It, people like Isekai because of the inherent escapism involved. Like, there is like a a chance that your world could turn into this world. There is some sort of relatability between the main character getting thrown into a world that you also have to discover with him. Right. You know, as as you talk about the tropes of Isekai, uh, I can really feel the popularity and and the, uh, the the volume of isekai works as time has gone on because mm-hmm. none of these tropes are around in early isekai works mm-hmm. right like and and i'm thinking specifically of visions of escaflown mm-hmm. and now and then here and there mm-hmm. and um el hazard so those and, early ones they didn't have anything to work off except fantasy yeah yeah so the and those i I think i mean el hazard is is solid but visions of escaflown is awesome it holds up really really well and now and then here and there also is like fantastic and it's is really thematically interesting and it 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 critically acclaimed It, it it didn't really hit the mark for me when i watched it in college uh, but I get that, like, it's the kind of thing that I'm into. I wonder if I'd like it more if I, I went back and watched it now. Mm. And Probably in hindsight, Digimon was my first isekai. Yeah, sure. I feel like Digimon's sure. everyone's, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Yu-Gi-Oh. But, yeah, when we think of how isekai is now, at least the way I perceive it now from a little bit of the outside, it's like, when when was the last, like serious-faced, thematically dense isekai in the vein of now and then, here and there. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be happening anymore. And and now it's all about, you know, either Chuck Coon hits you and you get put into some world where you're horny or you get stuck in a video game because now everybody's into mm-hmm. video games. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know... Do we <laughs> I have a hard time with Isekai. Do we really want to be stuck in a fantasy land? <laughs> Haven't we already seen so many fantasy lands? <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think this is if if anything, I think this is a this is part of what it means to live in a capitalist world, you know, that like these kinds of shows are cheap and easy and have a built-in audience, so people are apt to just keep making them because there's some level of, you know, like dependable revenue that's going to come in from them mm-hmm. you know so yeah people just they're just churning out product i felt that way in in the gap between mushoko tensei which i thought yeah this this is a this is fucking great you know so and, and i'm keen to talk more about this uh 
this story, uh, this this franchise. Oh yeah, uh, you want to do an episode on it? <laughs> we could. Yeah, we could do a whole separate one on it. Um, but yeah, compare that to Log Horizon, and Log Horizon ain't bad, but it's like there ain't nothing interesting going on. I'm bored like halfway through every episode. It's, well. Uh, the interesting thing about Log Horizon was that the main characters knew, like, seemingly more about the game world than they did their pre, like, the previous world before they got stuck in the game. And so yeah. it was cool to see them, like, pretty much navigate a catastrophic event of getting stuck in a video game with, like, pretty like a lot of pizzazz like <laughs> but well what i what i what i don't like about log horizon what i do like about log horizon is the uh the sense of politicking and organizational um discussion what i don't like about it beyond the fact that i, I just straight up don't like its sense of humor or, mm-hmm. or like it just doesn't vibe with me at all uh, I do not like that there is literally no stakes in anything. Nobody dies. I, I'm looking at this like, oh, player in the show, they're like, whoa, player killing is so bad. Why? They just get born Respawn. again at the cathedral. Yeah, yeah like who, who cares? Let everybody kill everybody until everybody's tough enough to not get killed. Like, I... I don't even like why. Why does anybody even care about this stuff? And same way, like oh, they're like uh, capturing early low-level players and enslaving them. Like how couldn't they like just get themselves killed and respawn at the cathedral and run off? Or like can't they just like keep fighting until they get to a high enough level and gain enough XP that they are able to escape on their own? I just don't. I don't see how there's any problems because nobody can die. You can just like keep doing it over and over until you get it right. Can there yeah, be a separate versus... episode for Dan where he just debunks every single isekai? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Versus like AOT where, you know, if you die on the game in the game, you die on the outside world. Are you thinking um, of sword art online? I'm, I keep saying AOT. Why do you I say know. that? Sorry. I know. A- S-A-O. Say that one. S-A-O. Yeah. S-A-O. The Sword Art Online is, it, is its own, like, I mean, the way these people behave is so deranged and weird. And I I've wa- I watched, like, two and a half seasons, three seasons of it or whatever. Uh, and there were things about it that I liked. I liked that the couple actually got together in season one. That was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but this stuff where, like, people just randomly commit suicide and like I, I specifically remember episode three of Sword Art Online, somebody commits suicide, and I'm like, "What the hell is even going on? Why are these people behaving like this? It doesn't even make any sense, you know." Mm. Uh, but yeah, in in a broad sense, I think Sao does way better with having stakes and relevance. That like, oh, you you actually want to play the game well because there could be consequences if you don't play the game well compared to Log Horizon, where there are no consequences for anything. I don't understand why anybody cares about the things that happen around Yeah, it's funny. I think about now, uh, Hunter x Hunter, um, the... Um, they got some isekai action going greed. on with that shit. Yeah, I Greed Island. I the Greed Island arc. Me too. Really, I hate I know. It. I know people don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> and I like maybe this is why I just don't like isekai because I feel like 
this is it just seems so it's not that it's maybe because it's not grounded or it's like this sense of it, it takes you out of it well i guess that's the point right it's out of the world yeah, it's out of this world I but think, it takes me out too much mm, uh, i think it's because there's like a level of mystery surrounding like what can and cannot happen you know, there's a set of rules for each world. And if you don't define the rules in the beginning, like with ReZero, um, then you can get like just like a mush of a story that doesn't make sense and isn't interesting, mm. you know, um, which is why I like the the isekai like No Game, No Life and Spirited Away, like the ones that take you to a world that isn't the same regurgitated video game rpg fantasy medieval england bullshit like Mm. i want to like it's called another world not every other fantasy world you've already been to like let's go to different worlds like let's like you know not that like made in abyss is not an isekai but if somebody got transported to made in abyss yeah that shit's fucking crazy yeah (laughs) you know yeah I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we gotta, then we got to talk about RPGs then because that's really what influences the whole aesthetic and style mm-hmm. and, like, the quests and journeys and, yeah. you know, like, you know, and, and the Tolkien world um, that's so popular is really what defines, you know, in a lot of ways, like Dungeons and Dragons and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones style aesthetic, that medieval look um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it just seems very yeah it's so derivative and and sort of lacks creative nuance that it, that maybe it you know as you think about it, it's old it's like dungeons and dragons Tolkien. it's all old mm-hmm. it's you know so maybe we need to just maybe creators uh to your point dan like it's it people cap like you know these studios capitalize on what's popular and if mm-hmm. Japan is the one creating anime, obviously, right? The Japanese mm-hmm. society, if the if the a culture and the otaku's are eating it up, and this is what they want, then this is what we're this is what we're going to get in the states or yeah. wherever else you are. Yeah, you know, we have we don't have as much influence on anime as we think we do. Maybe it's becoming more that way in the last, you know, two or three years, but. Yeah, I, I think it's slowly becoming more that way. But in a broad sense, I mean, we we really see this more clearly in punk. Uh, but it's it's the same in anime, too. In a broad sense, Japanese culture does not give a fuck about you. Like they don't care mm-hmm. what Americans are buying of Japanese. Like they care about domestic sales, domestic interest. You could be they mm-hmm. could be making bo- Boku bucks internationally. They don't give a fuck about that. They don't care about mm-hmm. that. That that's traditionally been a part of the the dynamics of of punk, uh, but it holds true with anime as well. You know, they mm-hmm. they would much rather see big domestic success with no international success than they would big international success with no domestic success. They they are not equivalent successes to them. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so what we got to do is go to Japan and just talk to people about how they need to stop wanting these shitty isekai shows. And <laughs> desire. We something need a more petition. Yeah. 
So, what do you guys think makes isekai so popular? Well, part of it... Because we have, think, we've just talked about how much we don't like it. <laughs> but I don't want to... So, yeah, I don't want to rag on isekai too much. In, well, I mean, I do. But also, isekai got plenty of heavy hitters under oh, its yeah. belt. You know, Vision of yeah. Escaflow. And One of my favorites. coming back to... Magical, ma- uh, Magic Knights Ray Earth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. One of my all time baby. I I thoroughly enjoyed Mushoko Tensei. I thoroughly yep. enjoyed ReZero. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's others that I like that aren't coming to mind. I uh, hope that because- I did not enjoy the Twelve Kingdoms, but I just want to throw that out there. That, <laughs> that happened. It's a thing. I hope that uh, watching all of the isekai for this episode uh, like helped you to appreciate Mushoko Tensei. Because yeah, well, and, and Musoko Tensei plays into why why do I think this is popular? Because I, I think that, especially in Japan, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of guessing a little bit or, or uh, assuming a little bit based on my understanding of, of Japanese culture, but there's got to be so many people that feel like they are stuck in life. Isolated. Isolated. Mm-hmm. And don't have an easy way forward, and they wish they could escape to somewhere new and just become a new person. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a this is not unique to Japan. There are people who feel this way all over the planet Earth in every mm-hmm. culture and society since humanity became a species. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an effect of being, you know, of living in a society. You know that there are people <laughs> that have difficulty in that society and want to escape. Uh, That's certainly true in America as well. Uh, But I think our media in that way plays out a little bit differently uh, because America is such an individualist society Mm -hmm. and it's, it's easier for people to kind of rebuke society and go off on their own way. That's there's a little bit of cultural expectation and acceptance of that as a reasonable way of life. Uh, I don't think it's that way in Japan, as I've understood and experienced Japan. I mean, there's the pressure to conform, be part of this larger societal group, and be part of, of, you know, be the same as everyone else and have unity. Uh, that pressure is so, so much greater, and there's not really an easy way to find your own path and, and move forward. So I think isekai becomes much more of a... Uh, pressure pressure valve or letting off the steam that like mm-hmm. you know, I there's I couldn't just find my own like there couldn't be a breaking bad out of Japan necessarily because the the equivalent to that would be more like an isekai type thing like mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to go rogue and go commit all these crimes you're going to pray to god you get transported to another world where you can just be a different person and don't have these same problems and maybe commit the crimes without any consequence <laughs> yeah and and in that way that was something that really stood out to me about mushoko tensei and and of course this show has so much reputation for being horny and the horniness didn't necessarily bother me or i didn't really feel one way or another about it being some horny thing it's like just uh, the first two episodes. No, it's more than that. Come on, um, just the first two. No, it's like the whole damn show. <laughs> yeah, the whole show. <laughs> yeah, it's relentlessly horny, but that, that's okay in a broad sense. 
but I, I was more not exactly taken aback, but skeptical of the idea, the like assumption that if you're some fucking failure in this life, all you need is a second chance and you won't be a failure anymore. Uh, and I, I don't want to come across as like victim blaming, but it's more like, you know, this guy's worldview and decisions and, and actions led him to this, you know, decidedly pathetic daily life. Is he necessary? Like, how is it, how is it a given that you can take this like, you know, failure of a person and just put them in a different body and circumstance and suddenly they're going to blossom into a superhero. Yeah, I, I, I don't well, think that's a given at all. I don't think that's what it's trying to say. I think I that's, I think that's just part of the genre. I think his journey after is him taking the time to actually think about things in a different way. As you, as you see, when he narrates all of the parts of his life that he recognizes he did something wrong and then he does something different in return. Yeah, no. And I, I understand that that's part of the power and appeal of Mushoko Tensei is mm-hmm. to watch this guy's uh, interior dialogue and, and see his growth. Uh, and I, I don't want to knock that because that's a good, I good story I mean, and, and it works well in Mushoko Tensei. Uh, it's more like, it's not, it's not like Mushoko Tensei is an exception and, and it's not even like, uh, like it's impossible for this kind of thing to happen. I, I just, I don't think people change so easily just, just in a broad sense. I, I don't, Isekai, you know, when we think of the trope of Isekai as like, oh, these lecherous people that get stuck in another world and suddenly they're great people, like, I don't. That, that's a cool fantasy, but it's yeah, I detached mean, from reality. If you took some fucking like uh, loser guy from around here, I, I I have a dozen people I've encountered in my life popping in my head. If you take one of these people from this world and put them in some you know medieval fantasy land, I mean they're just going to be some like you know poverty stricken homeless beggar getting trampled on by everyone else in the world. You know, like they're, they're not going to rise in some glorious way. No, but those aren't the people that get stories written about them. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> you can make a story like the road, you know, just this like really nihilistic despairing yeah. story of somebody getting transported to an alternate world and just suffering endlessly. Yeah. I would watch that to be honest. I'd be into that. So I think what makes Isekai so popular is, um, you know, before Isekai has gotten popular, we've seen plenty of instances of a hero's journey. You know, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. And, um, And Isekai gives the viewer a different insight into a different world through the perspective of a character discovering that world along with the viewer. So true. true. Yeah. Um, you know, fish out of water is uh, always one of, uh, I love wa- li- like watching those kinds of stories um, because it's, there's this like level of unknown that draws me in. And obviously mm-hmm. if the unknown isn't that interesting, I'm not going to 
continue watching it. But there are there are instances like No Game No Life uh, where the unknown is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, apparently the 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 novel Mushoku Tensei, the light novels online, didn't really take off until um, our main character Rudy takes like he leaves his village leaves the house mm, right mm-hmm. and goes on this journey um and like the the part of it being thematically like facing one's trauma right mm-hmm. like that's that's when it took off because there are a lot of the other isekai weren't doing that mm-hmm. they're very much you know surface level type stories or not surface level but oh absolutely surface level are yeah. you yeah. like recoordinated <laughs> as a fucking vending machine get the fuck out of here yeah. like, <laughs> which which is like the most meta you know versions of isekai that you know that you're getting yeah today right yeah so like rudy is always like always like confronting his trauma is like really relatable in the fact that like some people do do that but then you can watch rudy is confront his trauma while uh, simultaneously not having to confront your own mm-hmm. mm. you know yeah yeah it's a good point <laughs> yeah also i think um the what also makes this much much isekai popular is that it follows in the footsteps of visual novels and like video visual video games that were adapted in the anime mm. i think there's some sort of parallel with those in the in its sort of um, um, like one informs the other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like video you know I mean? video game people gonna watch Sword Art Online because it's about video games. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to yeah. Video game culture is tied, and I think like it's tied with anime culture. And I haven't been to Akihabara, but that's what Akihabara is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. It's a culmination of all these things mixing together in moe being the uh, antithesis of like or not antithesis but like the um the catalyst for for a lot of these cultural shifts in anime and i think like like i imagine i recently watched um um stein's gate right mm-hmm. and that illustrated what i'm talking about in some ways mm-hmm. uh specifically with it taking place in akihabara and like if you change one thing in the pre or in the past and anime culture doesn't exist. Moe culture doesn't exist in Akihabara anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I forget what he changed in this, in the show. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. There are no longer made cafes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Long and live. you brought up the website, the light novel website that you can submit mm-hmm. to. And, uh, you know, Isekai is very fan driven because of that. You know, that's a community where you can upload any kind of uh, story that you want and there's a platform for it. And, you know, mm-hmm. publishing companies go to this website to get new content, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting, they um, the site, Naro, they, they banned fanfics yeah. in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were competing with the the like the, the the actual novel web novels that were coming out, and they didn't like that. The fans didn't like that. They just went right back <laughs> to Naro. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's like the template. The internet, the internet changes the world. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it happen. Mm. 
soon we're going to get isekai AI written shows. <laughs> yeah, they'd probably be better. Come out. Yeah. Yeah, well, dozen a season. I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking about reverse isekai, like The Devil is a Part-Timer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a good show. I'm a fan Did of that. Did you watch the second season? I haven't seen the second season. Oh, you might not think it's a good show then. <laughs> oh, I see. Second season, not good. Not great at all. Oh, well. I think they changed studios, and it's just not the same show. Like, mm. Devil's a Part-Timer is doing the same kind of thing that Konosuba does, where they kind of subvert the genre or, like, um, like meta the genre out where they just continuously make fun of it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. really relatable because you know all the tropes. You've seen, you've seen however many isekai, you know, and... They're making fun of these things, and it's like an inside joke, and you're in on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. hmm. Yeah. I think that's also why Uncle from Another World is quite good, because it sort of, yeah, it subverts the tropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a person who returns from another world, and it's like... From the 90s, and everything that was popular in the 90s is no longer popular. I watched the first couple episodes of that that were out, and I do not know anything about retro games, but I thought Mm. it was really funny how every time the man spoke, it was always like, oh, but in the other world, I could do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really reminded me of like people who go outside of the country for the first time and all (laughs) they can talk about is like Japan or England or wherever they went. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's also like confronting that reality, right? That he's he's got to live in a normal Mm -hmm. world, like with all the restrictions that we have. Yeah, he actually like went to another world and came back. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't see that a lot. Hmm. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest issues with, I, well, I don't know if you want to get in this later, but like the problem with isekai is just with me is when I was saying detached, I, there's not enough of the, of the current world. Like I want to, I want to get to know the characters mm-hmm. in the world that we live in now, mm-hmm. build along, like build the relationships in our world and then get transported. Yeah. To another world. I think that's exactly I was going to talk about it later but absolutely that is my biggest gripe with isekai is that the person gets transported within the first 10 minutes Hmm. and at that point I don't know who you are I don't know what kind of person you are I don't know what kind of character you are I don't know like what the show is actually going to be and when you get transported into the world I don't know like what rules of the world are and if you don't set those up in the first episode then that it just doesn't work for me. Mm. <laughs> and mm. I want to see people come back. I want to see like, uh, like I know a lot of the other world stuff is reincarnation. I want, but like sword art online, they come back, <laughs> they come back to normal life. They come back to after they've been stuck in a video game for like years, you know, yeah. I want to see, see more of that, that dilemma that, you know, yeah, isn't Rama. isn't the ending of Sword Art Online like the dude gets up and his body's all atrophied and mm-hmm. he can like barely move and he like <laughs> struggles to get to the door to go find the girl? Mm-hmm. Or in in uh, Gun Gale, they come back in real life just to have a flagrant sexual assault scene. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
I thought you meant like the gun gale alternative. <laughs> and I was like, don't you sully that name. No, I don't think I've seen that one. I'm talking about Sword Art Online. I think it's season... The gun gale arc, I know. Yeah, season two, is it? Three. Yeah, season three. Damn, man, I really watched like three and a half seasons of that shit. The fuck? Why do I do yeah. this? I actually really liked the gun gale arc. I didn't gun gale like was good. The, I agree. The other arc in between a fucking fairyland. I hate... The Fairyland. No, I don't care. At least yeah. in Magic Knight Right Earth, they had cute little creatures to take you along <laughs> on your journey. Like, And I I, I feel like I watched four episodes, so oh, I'm right. at the bottom of the tier here. Sure. <laughs> and I, I know I know we've talked about this exact thing on, on this podcast, but I, I had to check out Sword Out Online, one of the one of the extremely few shows I dropped like halfway through. Didn't after because of the the like weird rapey villain guy in mm-hmm. season four, I guess it is. I was like, dude, I, I can't take this like like weird, meaningless edge edge lord sexual abuse, sexual assault angle. It's like mm-hmm. not only not only is it adding nothing, but it's like actively detracting from my viewer experience. It's too too gross and, and without context. This is tasteless and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I think I watched. Go ahead. I was gonna say I suppose I, people say the same thing oh about Shoko Tensei, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I almost said AOT again. Sword Art Online. <laughs> okay, so I, I was watching. I think this is why I do this because I was uh, going back when I got back into anime with Attack on Titan. I also watched like the first episode of Sword Art Online because I needed to, I needed to know what the all the rage was about mm-hmm. and I I just for maybe because I hadn't watched anime uh, a lot at that point I just I was just like what is this like what like what really makes this popular and I couldn't I just didn't it didn't hook me out of the first out of the gate and oh, then when I watched man. it recently I I kind of came at it with um with a different perspective after watching more isekai i was like okay i i, I understand why this is appealing um mm-hmm. and I, I i wanted to try to finish the first season but i realized it was 25 episodes i was like nah, that's not gonna happen in like a week so, and a half i loved sword art online when i first watched it it really i had i again was like you i was i hadn't watched anime in a really long time and um i was i think i had went to otakon that year and i just like fell in love all over again and there was something about sword art online that was so like almost like just out of reach you know it's there's this Mm. new technology this new gaming system this like almost vr but not vr like one step beyond vr that like you plug into Mm. and it felt like it was obtainable it felt like when they got stuck in the game that that could actually happen that Mm -hmm. that was you know not far off from happening in the real world and i think that's why i really loved the first season of sword art online because Mm. it's i i'm i have never been like super into video games like i play them like here and there like when the story looks cool or when the art looks cool or whatever um but like the so like it it was a world that i didn't really know like 
going into a video game, playing as the as the game, especially an RPG. Like I, I was not familiar with that, so it was kind of like what I was talking about earlier. I was explore like I was discovering this world and its rules with the mm-hmm. main character, mm-hmm. and it was totally mind blowing to me at the time. I was like, "This is why the fuck am I watching dumbass reality shows when I could be watching this? Like this is cool, mm-hmm. you know." Mm-hmm. And then it turned out not so cool, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's all yeah, about that. It's all about that season one opening song. That opening, yeah. the best thing was, of the entire franchise is that opening. It was it's really good. It is. Oh, it's my ringtone, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's that level of like discovery that I really loved, and I think that's probably why I continued looking for things like it. You know, like no game, no life, blah blah blah. Right. And I don't want, to, and I just want to alliterate. Like I, I don't think the show is bad. I just don't. Oh, I think it's bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, and I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it, so I can't give an honest, yeah. you know, uh, rating. Give it, a, you know, a review, yeah. so to speak. I don't think it's bad. I think it, I think people meme it to be bad, just like I meme uh, my hero is bad. Um, I do I do think there's it had such a huge impact on the community and isekai mm. as a whole that there's no way that it isn't at least a little bit good. You know what I mean? There's things about it that I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. it's not enough to mm. make it good. Mm. Hmm. So we think isekai popular because of its kick ass OPs. Next. <laughs> How has it evolved <laughs> since from the beginning till now? Oh, well, it's, it, it's gotten more tropey. I mean, that's really the answer, right? I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about that earlier that, uh, you know, when you look at visions, it's been a long time. Has it been a long time since they've made isekais like visions of Escaflown and now and then here and there? Maybe it hasn't necessarily been a long time because Mushoko Tensei in some ways is, is, more in line with those two shows, in my opinion. Um, mm. But certainly, Isekai that takes itself seriously and has something to say is more rare now than mm-hmm. uh, it was in the past. And Mushoko, Mushoko Tensei certainly has something to say, but it, it doesn't take itself very seriously. If it did, it wouldn't be so fucking horny all the time. <laughs> Don't agree, but okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> um, so tell tell me more about how you disagree. No, I'll save it for the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I forgot what I was going to say. Recreators. That's another reverse isekai that I liked. That had a banging op from. Did you watch uh, that? Oh yeah. I watched it earlier this year, or maybe last year. I don't remember. I just remember that banging uh, Sawano OP. Speaking of how Isekai rises and falls on the power of its OP, it's Mushoko Tensei doesn't even have an OP. The fuck is no, that? No, and that's what makes it the best. It's transcended the OP. <laughs> yeah, because you get you get an actual full twenty six minutes of of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want to hear the same killer song 13 times in a row. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know we all skip them anyway. I don't. 
Most of the world does. Yeah, most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Crunchyroll has a button for that now. Oh, traitors. Cowards. Um, how has it evolved? Yeah, I think the biggest... I think the biggest change to isekai from uh older isekai is the game aspect Mm. you know as soon Mm. as as soon as games uh at least video games get thrown into the mix that's pretty much the only kind of isekai we see is uh is a person getting thrown into an rpg that they've been playing yeah there is truth then, in that. Yeah. And then they go into this new world and they're like, oh, my God, uh, let me see if I can pull my menu. Oh, my God, where's my guild? I don't know. Uh, can I kill people in this world? Am I going to get punished? Blah, blah, blah. Where, like, it's, it's really just like regurgitated. Same thing, same game, like game mechanics on the screen. And then after the first episode, Game mechanics, gone. Doesn't matter. In the yeah. other world, in the fantasy world, killing goblins. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say where it will go because it's so... Uh, how, yeah, what what ground, what new ground can it really cover? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you'd have to be the person that's on a site like Nora, you know, looking, reading these fan fictions to know what's going to come out next, know what's going to be popular. Yeah. So maybe we see, maybe this is the bubble. Maybe this is like the pinnacle of Isekai thinks it will burst. We won't get as many shows anymore. Mm. I don't know. I feel like something, some other genre has to have a like heavy hitting series for that to happen there's like you know because like inuyasha was huge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sao was huge mm-hmm. like attack on titan huge you know like what there's like nothing else that i that i'm like watching or that i like am aware of that isn't isekai or isn't like derivative of it, you know? So I feel like it takes, it takes a, a, something from another genre to really just like hit the, yeah, hit the bubble. Maybe you should watch pop. this little show called Vinland Saga. I did watch Vinland Saga. Oh, yeah, you did. I didn't know Isekai or derivative of an Isekai. No, <laughs> but I don't think it's as popular as like Attack on Titan. That's true. Um, not that I think that that's a factor in how good it is, because it is very good. But mm-hmm. you know, Chainsaw Man, popular. True, Chainsaw not Man, pop- popular. Still not as popular as Attack on Titan, but maybe that's because it just hasn't been around for as long as Attack on Titan has been. I, I think that's a part of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean- in theory, the possibilities ought to be endless for Isekai because there's no limit to the worlds that we could get reincarnated into. You know, mm-hmm. we could we could go all the way down to help. I've been reincarnated as an algae. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, is Isekai actually going to explore its boundless possibilities? Probably not. 
Mm-hmm. I think that requires too much artistic risk and too much um, financial risk. People don't want to risk cowards. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I did watch some of The Eminence and Shadow, which was recommended by one of our Discord users. Mm. He got that rainbow wheel. Rainbow wheel. <laughs> Restate that. Yeah, so uh, the eminence of the shadow in shadow seemed very, it's just different to me because it was not as tropey as some of the other ones. It was like, there was a certain level of camp to it mm-hmm. um, that I enjoyed. Like it, it was all over the place tonally and uh, genre wise. Like it would be like a high school rom-com and then it would be a high school uh or rather a torture porn thing going on in a basement some kind of dungeon it, yeah it's just like a mishmash of of things and i thought that was unique even the main character reminded me of the late the main character in um Oosh. yeah zero there yeah, I think they they modeled this 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 character where he would transform like he'd be like a normal high school student but then would transform and be Batman but looking like Zero. Hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. It it, it I don't know if the, the entire series is like this, but I'm curious to to watch a little bit more. Hmm. Um I also watched a little bit of Ascendance of a Bookworm. Oh, I watched that one too. And I like this because it was more of a slice of life. Mm-hmm. It followed a female protagonist who was a child. Um, so it was a little bit more shoujo beat, had a more shoujo beats than your like typical horny isekai show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what her goal is to, other than to find books. It's like the rich, only the wealthy can read books yeah. or have books, which is pretty similar to how it was with the printing press. Uh, you know, only the, uh, the wealthy could afford to read. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah, I, is it her goal to get the, a book made? I, like, what? Well, explain. Okay, so she, in her previous life, loved books so much, and when she gets reborn into this new world, she is a small child who it has a frail body, and whenever they try, whenever she tries to do anything, she gets really winded really easily. And she's like, you know, like always having a fever. She's always in bed, and she's like, I can't live in uh-huh. another world unless unless I have books. If I have books, that'll that at least then I can like enjoy this new life. At least let me be able to read in my next life. So she gets reborn into this world without books. And then her journey is to, I guess, either find books or make a book and mm. and make make the the this new world have all of the books that she had in her old world. She uh, wants to publish a dictionary. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That is full circle. Yep. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked it because it was different. But it's still that same setting. 
And I'm like, mm. I in this in this instance, I understand the setting because she gets transported to a world without books. But it could have also been uh, an alien planet like Girls Bravo. <laughs> mm. That was a joke. Yeah, it's fair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, like. I would love for Isekai to evolve into different worlds. Different. We have the, the, the possibilities are infinite. We keep getting reborn into the same freaking world. Like, let's be a little bit more creative mm. here. I get that it I get that Isekai has come from fantasy. You know, I understand that. I understand the evolution of that. But we as a society are it like advancing in technology so i feel like our anime should reflect that you know we got vivi (laughs) (laughs) you know Hmm. all right what's what's the next part of our discussion what does chat gp gpt want us to talk about um the impact on the anime industry and other genres. So I was thinking a lot about this. And obviously like franchises themselves are impacts on uh on the anime industry like, you know, Visions of Escaflone, Inuyasha, you know, SAO Mushoku Tensei, all of these things, no game in life, whatever. Um, I don't feel like the like isekais themselves are the influence. I feel like it's the stories that they're telling, and they just happen to be isekai. Mm. You know, they're impactful because they are doing something different, or they're the first of their genre, or you know, you know, whatever it is. But I do feel like isekai itself has had such an impact on tropes in other shows that aren't isekai because i was thinking about all the isekai shows i'm like there's like 80 shows that come out every season and Mm -hmm. half of them are isekai right Mm -hmm. that's the saturation market you know and i was thinking like oh uh like don machi how to summon how to summon a demon or whatever 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 that is um, I was like, that's obviously an isekai, but it's actually not. They're just in a fantasy land. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, which other ones? Was yeah, does, does isekai, does the popularity of isekai detract from fantasy anime? Mm. Mm. Are you saying like, should there be more? Well, like, do we have more types of fantasy shows? Well, do we do we feel like these isekai shows would be better if they were just straight up fantasy stories, or do we um, underrate or or like downplay fantasy type stories because they're not, not isekai, isekai or because mm. they are like too similar to what isekai does? I mean, what are what are the big fantasy type stories in anime of the last few years what goblin slayer is that is that one mm-hmm. i don't know how people how that fits into the popular fits into the anime landscape 
you know, and how it, how it relates to isekai for being too close, too similar to isekai or not similar enough or like what? I think the, mm. I think the issue is that the isekais are getting transported into these fantasy lands. So even if it's not an isekai, it already looks like one. It already has the same feeling as mm. one. And because, uh, anime likes to have the same tropes across all genres it kind of feels exactly the same so yeah maybe fantasy works aren't being as um popularized as they should be because mm-hmm. we're like oh the tropes are already there i already know what this is mm-hmm. but i think like something like made in abyss is completely opposite mm-hmm. it has so much popularity because it's doing everything different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's not isekai and it's fantasy but it's not as it's not a medieval setting you know yeah I mean, made in abyss is just great art period mm-hmm. yeah i think i've been thinking about just this random ass list i don't know why i stumbled onto this but i was clicking around my anime list and, and saw somebody's list of anime to show people that are not into anime and they had Mushoko Tensei on this list I thought about how like that is definitely an anime show for fans of anime like that is not yeah not something that's going to convert anyone to anime if they weren't already like into it or or ready to to believe in it on their own Mm -hmm. you know um but it, it does go to show the like prevalence of isekai as an idea that like oh the the best of isekai is an equivalent to the best of anime anime that transcends uh the medium to just be great art and it's like now if i if i want to sell somebody on anime at this point we watch Vinland saga psychopaths maybe made in abyss um but yeah mushoko tensei i don't think so uh, it's too <laughs> too caught up in so many anime tropes mm-hmm. that yeah this mm-hmm. is unappealing if you're not already you know open to these kinds of tropes yeah especially if you i mean even if you play jrpgs you're more likely to get mushoko tensei mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over someone you know who plays i don't know um popular western rpg style game they're because they're different they're like not worlds apart but for the most part Mm -hmm. they're very different you know Mm -hmm. their influences are different yeah i wouldn't recommend that i'd recommend angel's egg Yeah, I mean, I guess if if anything, the impact, what I see is the impact of isekai on the anime industry is that it's become, yeah, just just another, um, what's the word when you uh, have something and you spray paint it and it leaves the the letter behind? Stencils? Yeah, it's just another stencil, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. just another... Um, ad libs like just just fill in the blanks to create more product and keep pumping the stuff out and in that way isekai just kind of goes right over my head I, I don't pay any attention to this kind of stuff 
If it's an isekai with a long title, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I, mean, I just assume that it's not really relevant to my taste and that it's not going to be some great piece of art or anything. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think people, humans like the what's familiar. Like mm -hmm. We like the things that are familiar to us. Mm -hmm. It's easier to digest for our brains. So even if that means we get the same content, the same, well, you know, there's only two stories to be told, like the, the main character on adventure or, um, you know, it's, uh, the stranger comes comes to a town you know what i mean it's like one or the other um but there yeah there's different ways of doing that but i feel like yeah we we just we just like what's comfortable and, I, and that's fine we'll we'll get more anime like that but i hope that because it's saturated with this type of story or this type of genre we got to that point where it's just no longer not sellable, but it's no longer, um, yeah, I guess just popular mm -hmm. and we'll get, we'll get other shows made. We have, I think, I think in the last like three or four years, we're getting more, more shows that are, um, similar to what we were getting in the nineties and the two thousands things that are more action oriented and science fiction oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like going back to psycho pass or, um, even Vinland saga period pieces like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anime that aren't isekai that have made, that have like had this much saturation before. And the history of anime. Yeah. Yeah, like early uh, um, pulp, pulp science fiction stuff in the 70s and up to the mid-80s, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, and then like Moe-oriented harem-style yeah. shows uh, in the 2000s okay. Okay. were heavily itchy. Yeah, that's my era, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think that the future for Isekai will drivel out until the bubble pops and then we'll get more shows like Wonder Egg, like anime originals. I think mm. people are going to start striving for things that are more original stories mm. and, and in different settings and, you know, not transported to another world. But if they are transported, very different than yeah. they have been in the past. Is Wonder Egg priority in Isekai? No. Oh. I so mean... They get transported to another world, right? No, it's more of a magical girl show than it is a, a isekai. Yeah, that's true. That's I fair. Yeah. You could argue that it is isekai. As much as something like Digimon is an isekai or... Um, uh, what's that show? Uh, well, we haven't talked about Dot Hack yet. Yeah, I've never, never watched for good it. Reason. Never watched it. Never yeah. played the games. I've only I watched it on Adult Swim as it was airing, mm. and it would just catch it here and there. And I didn't had no idea what the fuck was going on. I think it's the kind of show you need to like start from the beginning mm. and watch. Um, but it's also been panned for being slow, like the pacing is very slow. 
um, and it being more of a character-driven show versus an action-oriented, you know, adventurer mm-hmm. type sh- type show. Mm-hmm. But it's a similar plot to to Sword Art Online in that the main characters are trapped in the game; they can't escape. Um, but yeah, um, Wonder Egg. I feel like I saw Wonder Egg on a list, an isekai list, recently. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Very there was wrong. a lot of weird ones there was a couple of ones on there I was like hmm well that's what I mean never considered like, it like I feel like people think things are isekai but they're not just because there's so much isekai they're like oh that has to be isekai mm. it mm. just is hmm you're gonna defend the boundaries of isekai a little bit fair <laughs> Yeah, I don't have very many magical girl shows anymore. Magical girls were really popular, weren't they? Mm, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those are kind of disappeared. Hmm. Along with, um, well, shonen, shonen, like shojo shows. Of obviously, I think that's probably the biggest hit in terms of genre. Yeah. Or not even genre, but in terms of who who we're marketing to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I need an anime adaptation of how do we relationship. <laughs> I was gonna say my my favorite magical girl show of the year is Oshinoko because I is just magic. Oh. No, gonna stay a fan, just a fan. I- I think it's on the isekai list, though. Not the magical girl list. Oshinoko. Yeah. It's an isekai. They is get it, reincarnated. Is reincarnation all you need to make it an isekai? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hope we did the chat GBT episode justice and giving isekai... <laughs> more attention yeah see it. we're the we're the problem yeah. <laughs> we are the problem because <laughs> we keep fucking talking about them <laughs> or like no game no life like that was a cool isekai because like it was it was about games but it was about like real actual physical games not mm-hmm. like video games I'd like to see more ReZero just because it stopped in the middle of the story. I'm curious where it goes next. I wanted to oh, see the Oh, there's end. like a third season coming out. There's another season coming? Cool. Yep. I'll mm-hmm. watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ReZero. We didn't talk much about ReZero, but I feel like when ReZero was was uh, first airing, man, I fucking loved that show because then that show just kept like... Doing something different, I felt. Mm. You know, because a lot of times, uh, in well, there's all Steinsgate, but you know, there's a lot of like most isekai, you get transported once, you die once, and then you're in the in the world. Whereas, like, he got transported and then ha- keeps dying mm-hmm. and keeps having to relive the same trauma over and over and over again. And I thought that was just was so cool. Hmm. 
does, can time travel qualify as isekai? When you talk about dying and reliving the same trauma over and over, it made me think of Steinsgate. And Steinsgate, he's mm-hmm. kind of going into different worlds via different timelines. That's true. But I don't think it's isekai. Everything's isekai. What is it? What is a world? You know. Isekai will never die because it'll just get reborn into a different iteration of itself. My favorite Isekai is uh, Evangelion because Shinji entered the new world of hell. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say your favorite Isekai was Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's... Someday someone needs to make an isekai revolving around giant... I mean, I guess Escaflone kind of revolves around giant robots, but I'm thinking about... Uh, yeah, there's there's so many possibilities of, of sci-fi and, and cyberpunk and giant robot that isekai just is totally Doesn't astute. It touches. It never touches that. Why yeah. don't we ever touch that? <laughs> I know that, like... Uh, thinking about future technology is probably like really hard to conceptualize to people because it would have to include concepts that you probably couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. But still, somebody do it. <laughs> oh, what about uh, Gridman? Gridman SSSS. Is that Nisekai? No, Tokusatsu. It's like the boy version of Magical Girl, right? Yeah, okay. Guy gets transformed into a giant man robot thingy. Mm. Anyway, we're going to stop giving uh, Isekai <laughs> the attention that it doesn't deserve. <laughs> Just adapt Ready Player One into an anime. <laughs> yes. And we'll and uh, we'll call it Meta, Meta, the Metaverse, with uh, X as the uh, antagonist, <laughs> <laughs> the corporate antagonist. <laughs> yeah, they made a video game, a uh, anime adaptation of the cyberpunk video game, but couldn't they have just made an isekai where you get sucked into the cyberpunk video game? I'd watch that. Ooh. Because then I wouldn't have to play it, and I could watch somebody (laughs) else play it. (laughs) Yeah, some of these these video games feel like you're watching a movie. I used to watch one of my old roommates play um, Fallout, and that was kind of cinematic in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's a new DLC coming out soon for Cyberpunk. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Is it going to have more anime tie-in? I think they're going to try to. If I've read, if I'm not mistaken, I read that. Word. Yeah, they're going to take some. Cool. Yeah, take some things from the anime out that were inspired. Ooh, I like. That. Yeah, because I, I know even now you can call Falco on the co- on the phone, right? Mm. Like get him to come pick you up. Yeah, you can get the jacket. You can get uh, what's his name's jacket? The yellow jacket. David, David's David. jacket. Yeah. 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 A lot of Davids at Otakon. No, it doesn't surprise me. Very many Rebecca's. Really interesting. Boo. 
We need more Rebecca's. We do. Alright guys, thank you for listening to our chat GBT episode on the rise of Isekai. To get past present and future episodes, head on over to our website at otakuhostclub.com where you'll find links to our social media like Instagram and our Discord server where you can chat with us in between episodes. And a huge shout out to our community members Knucklehead and FSM Radio for being a Platinum Mad Clubroom supporters. Um, if you would like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash otakuhostclub and $1 gets you in to any pre-show banter, bonus episodes, and early access. All of the links will be in the description of wherever you're listening to this on. I will see you in another world. With my smartphone. Uh, no, you have a book. Oh, Jeff has to say something. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have a book, Amelia. We're supposed to keep the title going, you know, for how long we are. Uh, So I'll see you in another world with my smartphone as I become horny and turn into a slug. My sister's panties. In Uh, another world, as my sister's panties, that's the next isekai that we're getting. Eating chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> eating eating chocolate in my sister's panties. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image. Yeah. Ew. He sucked them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's poo poo in them drawers. Yeah. Well, yeah. How about how about that as an isekai? Like I got transported to a poop eating world. Like, <laughs> transported to a new world and developed a shit fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has Sasha's fingers. Okay. <laughs> Transported to another world where shit tastes amazing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what goes out goes right back in. Yeah. <laughs>